Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So what do we take away with this? First thing I'll share with you right now, write this down. All God's word is truth. Trust your life here, right now, and trust your eternity to God. You see, God is all-knowing. That should give us a peace. And he's in control of how much? Every single thing. What is there to fear in this life? Absolutely nothing. Today, Pastor Mark will show listeners how a life lived with God at the forefront is a life that can be lived with no fear. God's Word is truth, and in it are countless promises of His power, strength, and deliverance for mankind in all phases of life. The enemy loves to plant seeds of fear and doubt in the hearts of Christ followers. This will turn people's eyes away from God and onto seemingly impossible, horrible situations. The Lord wants to remove anxiety from your life by being your source of life. Lean on Him today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Daniel as he begins part two of his message, Sleepless in Babylon. I'm a weak vessel. I can't do what I'm doing now in my strength. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You have to understand. You see the Energizer bunny whose batteries have all died. And they're just getting recharged. Is that humbling? That's humbling to me. Because my lifestyle was never like that. We're all going to go through this in this world Sorry, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So understand, the church is a family, but sometimes people say, well, Pastor Mark, big church is a big family. More people to go to for prayer. So can I just say to you, we need to have friends. You need to have people. When you have a need, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, whatever, that you can share, some things you won't, you need to have a a few people, number one, that you can trust. When you go to them, the next thing you don't hear, it's on Facebook. Because that friend has just burned every bridge in their life. You need a people, three or four, men, women, whatever, that you can go to and say, would you keep this in confidence? I'm really struggling. See, that humbles you, but it challenges the other person. You see, you, you can't do life alone. That's impo- we were never made to do life alone. With God, 
and with people. So number one, when you need somebody to pray with you, find three or four people that you can trust. Ask them for their help. Praying for you is huge. And number two, we need to also be sure and tell our friends, hey, if you need someone to pray for you, you can call me. My hours are nine in the morning till 11. It's after that, please don't call me. <laughs> of course not. You see, it works what both ways. That's a huge deal. By the way, all you have to do, I'd love for you just to ask. And at the end of every service except for communion weekend, we have prayer people at every one of our campuses down front. But you need close friends that will do the same. So let me challenge you to do that. Now, during the night, verse 19, look at your Bibles. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Here's something very important. Christ followers, we live by revelation, truth. We don't live by speculation. When God revealed the dream, it wasn't, well, there's a option A and B and C and D. No, it was revelation. It was the truth from God. There's no confusion. Now, notice what happens. Here's that principle of first again. The very first thing Daniel does is he prays. When God gives the revelation, what's the next thing he does? He, he doesn't go and run to the other three guys. Man, we're saved. I got it. He doesn't run to the king and say, hey, man, Nebuchadnezzar, whoo, that was a close one. I've got the answer for you. What's the very first thing Daniel does? He praises who? God. When's the last time in your journal you started your journal in the morning praising God? Not with the 14 needs that we have. Nothing wrong with that. Right off the start, Daniel praises God. Here's a huge principle. I don't have time to develop it today. A lot of people think they're wise because they've lived a lot of years and they have wisdom. And when you go to the book of Proverbs, it says the wise keep getting wiser still. He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness. He knows men's hearts. Though he is surrounded by light, I thank you and praise you, God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. That's my prayer right now today. He's given me wisdom and strength to stand in front of you. You have told me what we ask of you and revealed to us what the king demanded. Great passage to spend this week praising God. Verse 24. Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon. And he said to him, do not execute these men. Put a whole time out, time out. Take me to the king. I will interpret the dream for him. Now watch what Ariach does. Pretty typical. And Ariach took Daniel to the king at once and said, <clears throat> I have found a man. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? No, you, you didn't. I have found a man uh, among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. That's his pride buttered all over him. He didn't find Daniel. Daniel found him. But isn't that amazing? 
how foolish we are. And then the king asked Daniel, are you, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? And Daniel replied, look at this humility. No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. Watch this. Now, I want you to get ready for a big amen at all of our campuses. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Hallelujah! And you're going to see it today. There is a God, not little g, in heaven who reveals. Remember, when we get to the last seven, uh, five chapters in Daniel, it's all about dreams that Daniel has that are connected directly to the book of Revelation, which we haven't experienced much of that yet. So no, no one, no one, there's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar, watch this, what will happen in the days to come. Future, guaranteed. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you lay on your bed are these. This is huge for us. Daniel humbly gives glory to God for revealing the dream. He says, King, I am not the man. He's the man. True spiritual mature people never draw attention to themselves. True spiritual mature people make God look good instead of themselves careful when we get prideful and we want to go well you know God gave me this you know he's done it all we're just workers in the kingdom together careful Daniel understands the whole goal is to make God look good if God doesn't reveal it he's dead careful pride as you were lying there O king your mind turned to these things to come and the revealer of mysteries showed that what, you are going to, what is going to happen? As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me. Watch this. Not because I have greater wisdom than other living men. No comparing. But so that you, O king, may know the interpretation and you may understand what through your mind. You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue. An enormous, dazzling statue. Awesome in appearance. Now, as he gets that first line out, what do you think is happening in Nebuchadnezzar? Ooh, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. So he's getting excited. Now, watch this. The head of the statue was made of pure gold. Its chest and arms of silver. Its, bellies and thigh, its belly and thighs of bronze. Its legs of iron its feet partly of iron and partly of bay clay. While you were watching this statue, a rock, you'll see in a moment, that's Jesus, was cut out. Not, not like the statue, not, not a kingdom that was made by man, not by human hands. It struck the statue because the statue was top heavy, gold at the top. And 
on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold were broken into pieces at the same time and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. We're talking about the four kingdoms that started at that time and basically ended with the Roman kingdom. They're all going to be gone, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and it filled the whole earth. That was the dream. No wonder he didn't understand it. If we don't have the interpretation, we don't understand it. This was a dream, and now we will interpret it for the king. So this polymetallic image was a panoramic view of the Gentile kingdoms from 2,500 years ago that were set up when Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple. This became an age where in this this panoramic view that you're going to see in a moment extends from that time all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ after the rapture. Now look at verse 37. You, O king, are the king of kings. You're the gold. You're the top. You're the head. You're the greatest, most powerful nation. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is going to struggle with that. And in a few chapters, you're going to see he becomes like an animal for a long time. He said, look what I built. No, no, no. You didn't do this. God equipped you to do it. Isn't it amazing that God can take pagans, put them on places, deal with them? That's what God's doing. Now, while you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue of its feet and clay and smashed them. Now, when you think about all that, what does that mean? As he's going through this, he basically is going to say to him, you already see what's coming, don't you? Don't you see what's coming? You're not going to be there forever. See, that's one of the things that Nebuchadnezzar was thinking. When he lays down, he's the king. He's the most powerful on the earth. What is he thinking? Is this going to last forever? No. No, this is going to be your demise. And so this whole thing... Watch what happens. Verse 38. In your hands he has placed mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are the head. You are that head of gold. Finally, look at verse 40. There'll be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron. For iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all others. The fourth world empire that will rule, historically 100% correct, is what? The Roman Empire. Who was in control when Jesus lived? The Roman Empire. Brutal. Brutal. Now, look at verse 41. Just as you saw the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Remember what Jesus said? When there's a divided kingdom, it can't stand. When there's a divided marriage, it can't survive. When there's a divided church, it will not make it. So he's talking about they'll have some strength as iron, but even you're going to see the iron is mixed with clay, which weakens. Now you want to write this in your Bible if you ever want to go back. Between verse 41 and 42, there's a gap of time. This brings us to the revived Roman 
empire, which is still to come. Verse 42, as the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with clay, so the people will be a mixture and not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. Now, what comes after all this? Fifth kingdom. Now, it is partly here. The kingdom of God is partly here now. But I want us to, all the campuses, I want you to read this verse together. Let's read it. Here we go. All out. Here we go. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will, get ready for an amen now. Come on now. That will never be destroyed. Amen. That's the end. There's never going to be another one. Here we go. Nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. Here comes another amen. I know you got to get it. But it will itself, let's say it, endure how long? Forever. And if you're a Christ follower, that's the kingdom. That's your future. That's where we're going. As we say, it don't get no better than this. Now, we're not there yet. There's lots of things to come. The Antichrist will have to be destroyed. And all of his demonic forces, that's coming. Now, when you see that, this should give you peace. Because only God knows the future. I just told you the future. Verse 45. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain. Notice. But not by human hands. No human government. This government that's coming is not human. It's a rock that broke the iron, it broke the bronze, it broke the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The everlasting kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, it's the final world empire. A stone was cut out, not by human hands, it struck the statue, feet, starting at the weak point, all gone, everything was red, everything carried away, no lasting picture influence of any world human government. Often in scripture, a rock, especially in the Old Testament, speaks of Jesus Christ. He's the rock. He wasn't man-made. He's always been God. And when he comes, he will judge his enemy and establish his universal kingdom, the fifth and final kingdom. So you've just seen thousands of years of history, all of those proven, those four kingdoms. We haven't seen the new one yet. Verse 45, this, the great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and the interpretation is trustworthy. Now, I know some of you, this is kind of new to you. You say, Pastor Mark, really? You actually believe that happened? And what you just told me is really true? Yeah, because this is all true. Now, I feel sorry for you if you think your wisdom is greater than God's. See, that's what the enemy does. He's a liar. He can't tell the truth. And he puts doubts in our minds. But just go back to those four nations. You, you've seen those kingdoms. If you had world history, even if you flunked world history, you remember some of it. That's exactly what happened. 2,500 years plus before it happened. It's God. Now, Daniel ends his interpretation by basically saying to Nebuchadnezzar, 
what you dreamed is not from pizza last night. It's a dream that God gave you. It's all true. So what do we take away with this? First thing I'll share with you right now. Write this down. All God's word is truth. Trust your life here, right now, and trust your eternity to God. You see, God is all-knowing. That should give us a peace. And he's in control of how much? Every single thing. And by the way, he loves you in spite of us. That's amazing. Verse 46, then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. Daniel didn't want this. He's not interested in it. And notice what he says in verse 47. This is not a true belief. Nebuchadnezzar had a list of lots of gods. He's just going to add this God to the list. Then the king said to Daniel, sure your, your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Not really true. Verse 48, then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all his wise men. See, when you honor God and you don't take credit, what does God do? Woo, favor of God. We need to learn from that. Just put God first and he takes care of it. Seek the kingdom of God first, everything else will be added to you. Now notice whatever happens. I love this. Moreover, at Daniel's request, Daniel says, say that, are my three guys pieces of cheese over here? How about them joining me? No, he, more at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained in the royal court. God's favor was on Daniel because he took a bold stand and declared the truth of God. But Daniel never forgot his friends. Together they prayed. Together they believed God. That's huge. Now I want us to read this together at all our campuses. You know this, the Lord's Prayer. Here we go. This, out loud, come on, it's called out loud, in case you don't know. Okay. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Here we go. Your kingdom come. That's our salvation. That's our peace. See, the kingdom of God is really, when Jesus came, he kind of already established that. He invaded Satan's domain. He's finished Satan's rule, even though Satan can go out and do lots of things. But the kingdom of God comes to a person when you accept Jesus Christ. You enter the kingdom of God. Not not like eternity, not like we're going to get there, but it's kind of just a a simple measure that you do this. So what have we learned this morning? You don't need to write this, but it's so important because we're so fearful. All kingdoms of this world will come to an end and be replaced with the kingdom of God that will last forever. That should bring you shalom, peace. All of God's word is true, so trust your life and eternity to God. Today, we learned from Pastor Mark how Daniel relied on the Lord's wisdom and revelation to interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. We also learn from these interpretations that only one kingdom will last, the kingdom of God. Are you placing your faith in man-made armies and empires? Or have you devoted your life to the one who will last forever? Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. 
We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. What does it mean to worship? And how does the world influence what we worship? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of the golden image created by King Nebuchadnezzar that all people were required to bow down to or die. In our lives today, we must be willing to put God first and refuse to compromise, no matter what pressure the powers of this world will put on us. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting